Welcome to the Healing Pain Podcast with Dr. Joe Tata. Each week, we interview top experts in physical therapy, pain science, and integrative pain care. You'll learn the most up-to-date information for treating and reversing persistent pain. This podcast is for educational purposes only and not intended to be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Tata. Hey there, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Healing Pain Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Joe Tata. On today's episode, we are exploring food, mood, and its connection to chronic pain. As you head into the holiday season, I wanted to record a special episode just for you because overeating and overindulging in food can be a challenge for each and every one of us. No doubt you will attend holiday parties, office parties, celebrations with friends and families, and run into food around every corner from Thanksgiving straight through to the new year. And this is an important topic related to chronic pain because we know the food you eat can ease your pain or the food you eat can exacerbate your pain. One of the greatest challenges with food is that it can be used as a numbing agent for times when you're feeling down or anxious. But using food to deal with chronic pain is a vicious cycle that can lead to increased inflammation, weight gain, hormonal imbalance, irritable bowel syndrome, and problems with mood and sleep, all of which make pain worse. Joining us today to discuss the food-mood-pain connection is Dr. Susan Albers. Dr. Albers is a New York Times bestselling author and clinical psychologist at the Cleveland Clinic. She's author of eight mindful eating books, including her latest book called Hanger Management, Master Your Hunger and Improve Your Mood, Mind, and Relationships. She's been a guest on popular TV shows, including Dr. Oz and The Today Show, and her books, programs, and tips have been featured in Oprah Magazine, Family Circle, Prevention, and The New York Times. On today's episode, you'll learn all about hanger management and how to successfully manage it, the connection between food, mood, emotions, and chronic pain, and some tips for eating more mindfully. And because preventing hanger means staying one step ahead of it, Dr. Albers is providing you with a free PDF download to her hanger alert scale. This tool will help you reach for good mood foods that are nutrient-dense and packed with fiber and protein to help reduce the stress in your body. To download the Hanger Alert Scale, all you have to do is text the word 160-DOWNLOAD to the number 44222. That's 160-DOWNLOAD to the number 44222. Or you can go to the URL www.integrativepainscienceinstitute.com forward slash 160-DOWNLOAD. That's integrativepainscienceinstitute.com forward slash 160download. Okay, settle in and let's get ready to meet my friend and colleague, Dr. Susan Albers. Hey there, Dr. Susan Albers. Welcome to the Healing Pain Podcast. It's great to have you here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm positive that people remember you from probably 2014, 2015, when you appeared on a summit that I had. It was called the Healing Pain Summit 1 and the Healing Pain Summit 2. Back then, you just released a New York Times bestselling book called EQ. And I know you've had a lot of things going on since then. So we're going to talk about your new book called Hanger Management, talk about it throughout the podcast, of course. But tell us kind of some of the new things that you're working on that led up to that book. Well, it's such a pleasure to join you again. Thank you so much for having me back. I learned a lot from your summit, and I know everyone else did as well. I am a psychologist at the Cleveland Clinic and author of nine books on mindful eating. So it's a topic that I'm incredibly impassionate about. And I help people to cope with emotional eating, mindful eating, the mindless eating habits that we have in the world. And I do lots of different things. I work with people in my office 
teaching them these skills and tips, easy, practical things that they can do to eat more mindfully. I also do speaking at different events and engagements. And also I have a lot online. I love posting things on social media every single day to help people to find ways to insert mindful eating skills really easily into their lives. So I do a lot of different things. I do some media as well. So you may have seen me on some TV programs as well. But today I'm so excited to be here with you to talk with you about mindful eating, about if you are in pain as well. We'll talk about the relationship between pain management and mindful eating, as well as a variety of other topics. Yeah. And of course, you can all find Susan's work on her website, which is eatingmindfully.com. A lot of those great videos she has that are like one to three minutes long, the great tips, you can find them on her website. And you mentioned a lot of your work focuses around eating mindfully. And of course, your website is called eatingmindfully.com. What did you see in your clinical practice that started to kind of like perk your antenna up a little bit around the topic of hanger or what you're now calling hanger management? So to describe what hanger is, just for those of you who may not know, it's that combination of the word hanger or hungry and angry. And we all have been there. It's that irritable feeling that we get when we don't really eat well or eat well enough. And suddenly we've become this different version of ourselves. It can be like kind of like Jekyll and Hyde, that one minute you're fine, and then the next minute that you're not. <laughs> so I've been working with mindful eating, teaching people tips for a long time. But what really inspired me was a couple of things. First of all, I really have noticed that relationship between how we feel impacts what we decide to eat. And what we decide to eat impacts how we feel. And there's that bi-relational effect or bi-directional effect. And what I found is that often people were looking at it in just one direction, that when we're feeling bad, that we tend to eat. And it really, it goes both ways. So I was really fascinated to share with people different foods that boost their mood and different ways in which when you really tune into your body, you really notice the cues that that you get every single day about how to eat, when to eat. And it's really about decoding your hunger. So I talk a lot about that in the book of how to decode your hunger so that you can boost your mood and make the best decisions possible. It's really interesting. You've probably seen it. I have hundreds of clients that come in that tell these stories about things that they did when they were not eating well or dieting. Dieting definitely is not the number one reason that people get hangry. And what research shows is that they tend to make a lot of decisions that they wouldn't make. Their focus is really poor when they are not eating well enough or dieting. And so I take a really good look at this of all the benefits that you can get from eating well. And then the final reason that I was sort of motivated to, to write this book is looking at my own family, that I noticed that they are all healthy, mindful eaters, but when they are my kids, my husband, when they are particularly overly hungry, maybe they had a long day or I pick my kids up from school, all of a sudden, the sweetest people in the world become very hangry. So it was interesting to see this change of mood that people have when they aren't eating well. And you probably witnessed this as well. It really can be like the clouds part and the full moon comes out and all of a sudden you're like this sweet person and all of a sudden you're like a screaming werewolf basically. <laughs> you want food in front of you. And oftentimes, it's the foods that don't help and support both your brain and your body, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And there's some times that people become particularly vulnerable to being angry. The three times that I talked about many different vulnerable points in the book, but in the mid-morning after we, about 40% of people skip breakfast. So by the time it is mid-morning, 
they are all of a sudden incredibly hungry and incredibly hangry. Also, another time is Friday nights. People are kind of saving up their calories all day long to go out to dinner, and then they go out to dinner and they have a long wait line. The people in line are often getting really restless and hangry. So, because they're waiting, they're waiting. So, we learn different strategies for paying attention to your hunger, to feeding your hunger, and exactly as you had just mentioned, of choosing foods that really work for you to regulate your hunger and make you feel good.、Mm. I want to come back to some of those foods. I know they're important. Of course, everyone who follows this podcast is into nutrition and healthy eating. And I know one of the great things that you talk about is kind of like not going on crash diets, not going on extreme starvation diets. I know a lot of that really resonates with a lot of people because it helps them, especially as we move toward the new year and people looking to optimize their health. But let's talk about emotions just for a minute because、mm-hmm. so often our emotions are tied to food, as you mentioned. What are maybe like the two to three most common emotions that arise in people that might be prevalent in people with chronic pain as well that causes them to become hangry? Chronic pain, there is quite a relationship between chronic pain and emotional eating. Often, people who are struggling with pain, obviously, they have difficulty soothing themselves. And when we eat that food, it's a release of dopamine often to the brain. They are finding other ways to calm and soothe their body. So, it's understandable that when we're in pain, we make this beeline for something that instantly makes us comforted. But in the long run, what we find is that it creates a whole different cycle of unre- dysregulating blood sugar and actually adding to pain instead of soothing and taking it away. It's sort of this temporary fix, but then creates a bigger issue in the long run. And for most people, every day, some of the feelings that prevent them or stand in the way of eating well is what I call being blue, busy, or bothered. That either we feel blue. And we just don't feel up to or stressed, overwhelmed, and don't feel up to eating well. We're busy, super busy. I have clients sometimes who tell me they forget to eat. They literally, they're so busy running around that they just not high on their priority list. And then by the time they do eat, they're starving and hangry and then bothersome. Sometimes it feels like it's a lot of effort. And when you're in pain, it can feel like just one more thing to do to prepare or gather that healthy food. And it can feel like, why bother? Or I'm so overwhelmed that I don't want to do it. So, those are some of the feelings I think that really stand in the way. The good news is that there's some really simple and easy things that don't make it overly bothersome or that are easy so that you don't feel overly taxed and you can just fit this into your life because that's what we want. We want simple and easy things that we can do and not feel even more overwhelmed. Yeah, I love the three B's of that busy, bothered. What did I, what did I miss? And blue. Blue, blue, busy, and bothered. Those are so easy. People can kind of write those down、yeah. and put them on a little post it, and they can, of course, you know, develop some mindfulness skills around it. So, what are some of the tips that you have for starting to turn around our hanger? Let's start with the food first, because you mentioned food obviously impacts your mood. What are some of the more healthy choices we should be making with regards to food and our hanger management? So, there's some things that There's some do's and don'ts. So, what is most important to begin with is what I call just hearing your hunger. And I have this metaphor in the book that talks about that hunger is like your neighbor who comes knocking at your door. And your neighbor knocks on your door, and you're like, oh no, here's this neighbor again. Kind of like we feel with our hunger. Sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, I'm hungry again. Now what do I do? So you try and ignore it for a while, but your neighbor continues to knock on the door. And then they knock, and then they knock louder. And then finally, you're sort of exasperated, open up the door, and you say, what is it that you want? And you give them whatever they want, 
want just to make them go away. And we kind of do the same thing sometimes with our hunger as well, is that we just ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. And then we just say, okay, whatever. And we will eat whatever is around and handy instead of being really thoughtful and mindful about what we choose. So number one tip for anybody out there and for clients, for yourself, is to really hear your hunger and take it seriously when it be first begins to knock. When you hear that first knock of hunger, really taking it seriously and noticing, kind of giving yourself that tap on the shoulder when you say to yourself, oh, I'm too busy or not right now, but really kind of pausing and taking a moment and taking it pretty seriously. And it's interesting when my clients start to pay attention to their hunger and how their body responds to certain foods they start to notice some patterns. And there are certain foods that, particularly with pain, can inflame their pain, things around like sugars. And you probably talk a lot about this in your program, how sugar can cause a lot of inflammation. But on the other hand as well, the foods that when they eat them that are soothing to their body. So one of my favorite foods to recommend if you have any kind of stress or pain in your life are mandarin oranges. I love them because they go in your bag. You can take them anywhere. They are easy to eat. They're kind of sweet. They help with some sweet cravings, but they also have a great dose of vitamin C in them. So we need that when we're in pain or our immunity is down because we're feeling really stressed. You can kind of take a mindful moment to eat it as well. Again, very portable food. And usually when people eat an orange, no one experiences that kind of regret or feeling icky when they, in comparison to other foods, like fatty, sugary, salty foods, they feel good. And so I love that kind of relationship with food where people enjoy eating it, but they also feel good afterwards. I love that because if you look at the research on foods that have anti-inflammatory and a technical term, which is called anti-nociceptic, which means that is against pain, basically, or prevents pain, citrus fruits, the, the something in citrus, and I can't remember the exact chemical right now, but it stimulates the natural opioid receptors in your body. So you get that feeling of feeling good. That's why when someone kind of peels and opens an orange, it's like the sun just came Ooh. out. You feel really yeah. right. You get that sensation of like, wow, I kind of really want that and I feel yeah. good right now. So it's amazing how food kind of yeah. stimulate you to actually feel better, mm -hmm. but soothe you in a way that's healthy. Absolutely. And going back to the orange is that citrus aromas have been shown and tested and researched to be calming just naturally. And if you go into some hotels or high-end restaurants or things like that, they pump in citrus aromas because it calms people down or air spas or things like that. So it's very powerful, the foods that we eat and how we respond to them. And sometimes it's on such a subconscious level until you start to really pay attention to it. So as you know, pain can be challenging and people are looking for ways to soothe themselves and food can be one of those ways for both the good and the, and the bad of it. How would one respond to one themselves or maybe if it's a practitioner working with a client, if someone were to say, well, yeah, I understand all this, but because I'm in pain, I feel like I deserve more chocolate or I deserve more ice cream. How do we respond to those types of questioning? Oh, we all do that. We insert that word deserve of a certain kind of food. And I guess it's a little bit of changing your mindset of taking out that I deserve a particular food. And what we all deserve is some comfort and soothing. And so some of it is, and that's an automatic thought that we have in our head. I deserve chocolate. I deserve some sort of treat. What we really deserve is soothing. And so when your mind tells you that I deserve chocolate, <laughs> Yes, eating that chocolate in a mindful way. If you want chocolate, that's great. Eating it, savoring it. But taking it out and really looking at what triggered that thought, often what you're really looking for 
is not chocolate, but you're looking for some sort of soothing in the body and identifying, and you could speak to this more, of where in the body you're experiencing pain. So if you are feeling that you need some sort of soothing, targeting that part of the body. One of the tips that I love for my clients and super easy and simple is taking a tennis ball and putting it under their feet or behind their back, rubbing it against the wall, and just having kind of a soothing moment of being able to relax the body or taking some clothes or robe or something, putting it in the dryer, heating it up and cocooning, wrapping the body to soothe and comfort. So I think when we, our mind says to us, I deserve chocolate, it's really, I deserve soothing and trying to figure out what inside of you needs soothing. And that's not always easy. It's not always easy. It takes a moment to kind of decode it and figure it out. Right. And of course, in your new book, which is called Hanger Management, Master Your Hanger and Improve Your Mood, Mind and Relationships, I believe you have over 40 different tips on how people can obviously help themselves or soothe themselves in ways that are more beneficial instead of grabbing for those sugary or high fat or for grabbing for food at a time when you're not actually hungry and you're confusing those hunger signals with some of the other emotional signals that are coming up. You also have a great free gift for us, which everyone is downloading. It's called the Hanger Alert Scare. Preventing your hunger means staying one step ahead of it. Can you tell us about the Hanger Alert Scale? Yes. So we are really good at identifying when other people are hangry or getting hangry. We kind of see those signs. They're getting kind of restless. They may be wandering around the kitchen looking for something. There's some pretty obvious signs. What's harder is tuning into yourself and knowing what those cues are. So I created this scale. So please feel free to download it, hang it up on your refrigerator, take a look at it. And it's trying to prevent getting to that point of overly hangry. And looking at that scale and tuning in, asking yourself, where am I on that scale? How hungry am I physically? And physically is, is an important part of that because often we say I'm hungry, but really when we tune in, we are feeling bored, stressed, something else. So this is a way that we can tune into ourselves and prevent getting to that point of overly hungry or hangry because nobody wants to be hangry. And you can master it in yourself. As you had mentioned, I have over 45 different tips. And what I really love about this format, so I've written nine books now, is that it's in 45 different one to two pages. Flip through this book. It's very easy to read. I know often my clients don't feel like they don't have time to go from start to finish. So you can kind of flip through it at your own pace and pick out different tips from it to incorporate into your everyday life. And there's a variety of different tips, things from foods to eat but also ways to soothe and calm your body. And most importantly, at the last chapter is 10 different easy steps that I call the 10 S's of mindful eating to get you started. So that can be either for you or if you work with someone, clients or family members who want to get started on mindful eating, it walks them step-by-step step through that process. Mm. And of course, everyone, as a reminder, can download that hanger alert scale by mm -hmm. texting the word 160-DOWNLOAD to the number 44222 or you can go to the URL www.integrativepainscienceinstitute.com forward slash 160 download. Speaking of those 10 S's of mindful eating, can you kind of explain to us like two of those S's? So we have a little sneak peek about what you have going on in the book. Yes. So mindful eating is more about how to eat than what to eat because we have a lot of mindless eating habits and ways that we interact with food that promote mindless eating. So I'm going to give you two and they sound easy, but they can be challenging when we get started with them and we really give our attention to them. So number one is to sit down. It's the 10 S's. The first S is to sit down lightly. Now think about how often we're walking around when we eat. We kind of roam around, we walk around and sitting at a table helps to increase our focus, 
we enjoy food more and we have more control when we are sitting at a table. So my motto is always eat off your feet and try it today. If you find yourself wandering around while you eat, just commit to a moment to sit down, give it all of your attention. Number two is to slowly chew. Again, sounds easy, but what research shows is that we tend to match or mirror the pace at which we are eating with other people. Even strangers who don't know each other, research has shown that they tend to match their pace. So as you sit down, if you're eating with somebody today, really gauge your pace. It's kind of like when we're in a car and we're driving, we have to really kind of tune in and choose how fast we want to go. Same with chewing. And the more that we slow down, A, it helps to get your body ready to consume and digest this food. We enjoy it more, but it also slows us down a little bit to eat and enjoy this food. I always say that we can eat an entire plate of food and not taste one single bite. So slowing down is a helpful step in that. So sit down, slowly chew. One of my favorite tips is eating with your non-dominant hand. So I'm right-handed, putting the fork in my left hand. That's one way that it can help to slow you down why you eat. It feels a little funny at first, but you'd be amazed at how much more attentive you become. Excellent. So sit down, slowly chew. I love that. Eat off your feet. That's so important. I think that's a kind of something that people have lost that we've become so busy in life. People stand in front of TVs and computers and obviously they eat, you know, have whole meals like that when their body's still in like this kind of fight or flight or not as relaxed state as ideally they should be. So of course, everyone can find your book, Hanger Management, on Amazon. It comes out on December 24th, so it's going to be a perfect Christmas gift. But of course, right around that time, people are starting to think about the new year. They're thinking about their health. They want to lose weight. They want to optimize their health. They're starting to even look at different types of diets and diet books. And I know you're not a big fan of diets and dieting. Tell us why Hanger Management would be the perfect companion to someone who's changing, let's say, their eating habits or their style of eating right around the new year? Oh, yeah. The new year is a great time to start being more mindful of what you eat. It's kind of that reset date and you have, it's a blank slate for the whole year. So if this is you, you want to improve your health, you are thinking about managing your weight or just overall want to change your relationship to food, this is perfect and this is a great time for you. And putting dieting aside, and I know that's hard, I know, because there's so many, the newest and latest, greatest diets that are out there. It's very, very tempting to go for those, but try putting those aside this year. And what you're going to find is that when you learn mindful eating habits, you can do it anywhere, anytime. And I love this because for many of us, we eat out, we are eating at the office, and this is something that you can do anywhere. I've noticed with dieters, they'll say, well, I sort of fell off my diet because we went out to dinner and I couldn't do my diet there. Well, this is not what that is like. You can eat mindfully no matter what kinds of foods or what kind of eating plan. I know some people have specific ways that they eat, whether they're eating gluten-free or they have an allergy or they adhere to certain kind of food preferences. It's fine. And that's what I love about mindful eating is that it's for everyone. Kids, adults, I teach my own kids how to eat in a more mindful way. And they're pretty young. And it's really interesting to see that even kids can pick up this concept of changing the way that they eat instead of eating in front of screens and slowing down and forming these habits really early in their life. But if this is not you, that's okay, because these are things that anybody can learn. Yeah, there's such, I mean, some of all of the work in your books and in your blogs, all the lectures that you give, there's such simple and easy tools for people, which is so important because as you mentioned, people are going to dive into these big restrictive diets 
And even if someone may need that, they still need the behavior change and the psychological support that all of your work points towards. And Susan Gate was kind enough to give a free lecture to all the participants in my Functional Nutrition for Chronic Pain Certification Program because they were learning. In the program, we learned about all these different types of diets. And we got to the point and they said, well, I'm working on the diet of my patients and it's going well, but I noticed there's some other little things happening here. And I said, I think I know the person we need to bring in. So of course it was Susan Alvarez. And should we say hi to my mom, Susan? Yes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of my biggest fans. Yeah. Um, just so everyone knows my mom, Mama Tata <laughs> is Dr. Susan Alvarez's biggest fan. So hi mom. <laughs> I so appreciate that. Yes. Whenever I'm on, on the news or such, I get an email from her. I saw you. And what I love is, is that exactly how sure she is, how old she is, and your dad as well. But they read the books and follow the tips and incorporate it into their life. So it's never too late and it's helpful at any point. And I know with my own parents who have struggled with some health issues and things like that, how much it can turn around a lot of those health issues that people have. That's right. I've mentioned this before and now I'll say, hi, dad. My dad went from 225 pounds all the way down to about 175. He's yeah. done that through a modified Mediterranean diet, which he loves and enjoys, but he also uses some of your work in there. And you asked how old my mom was. My mom is 24, just so you know. <laughs> of course she is. Of course she is. Well, what I love about your parents is that they have a lot of energy and you can see that. And I'm sure it's partly of their lifestyle and how they eat and how they live. Yeah. So I want to thank Dr. Susan Alvarez for being with us. Of course, you can find out all the information about her on her website, which is eatingmindfully.com. And as we come to a close, make sure you open up a new browser on your computer, go on to Amazon and order Hanger Management. It's available on, in stores on 1224. But you can, of course, pre-order it now on Amazon. It'll be a great tool for anyone you know who's moving into the new year. And I have tons of bonuses. So I have over $397 worth of bonuses of things that you can download, an exclusive ticket to an online class with me in January. Once you get the book, you can read through it and join my class. So don't miss these bonuses. They're awesome. Yeah, make sure to check them out. All of that is available on her website on the homepage at eatingmindfully.com. I want to thank Dr. Susan Alvarez for being on the Healing Pain Podcast this week. Make sure to share this episode with your friends and family, especially as we go toward the holidays. People are looking for ways to eat more mindfully, to lose weight, and to feel better. I'm Dr. Joe Tata wishing you a wonderful week. See you next time. Thank you. And remember to eat, drink, and be mindful. Thank you for listening to the Healing Pain Podcast with Dr. Joe Tata. To subscribe to the podcast and learn more, visit integrativepainscienceinstitute.com. That's integrativepainscienceinstitute.com. Sign up to receive weekly updates, leave a review on iTunes, and share this episode with your friends.